Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, January 16th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, uh, happy new week. I spent two days of the weekend in Sarasota, Florida, seeing a couple of different shows. I saw um, Ken Ludwig's Three Musketeers at Oslo Rep on Friday night, and Mm. then I hung out in Sarasota for the day on Saturday, and then went to what I think... I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was a closing performance of something rotten at the Florida Studio Theater, which is also in in Sarasota. So I had a good time there. I'll be talking about those shows in a separate episode coming up here in the next day or so. Uh, okay, so stay- wait. That yeah. is stinking funny because now that I'm realizing it, I had an audition during the pandemic for the Oslo Rep's entire season, and I had to do not only Our Town, but also Three Musketeers and also the there other things. So now you're literally going to see the whole season that I auditioned for in 2020, which nice. is hysterical. What um, was the other show? Do you remember? Because because those are two different seasons. Uh, Our Town was last season. Yeah. This one. So I mean, there I'm was... sure things changed, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. They were supposed to be all in the same season, but it was mainly Our Town for Emily, and then also Three Musketeers. I was like, I'm not getting cast. Yeah, there's a lot of broadsword swinging going on in that one, which I do you have broadsword experience? Well, I look like I have broadsword experience. I, mean, I have a mean stage slap. Yes, there was a lot of that uh, in that yeah. as well. Also, like I think the broadswords that they used were probably as tall as you are. So Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to see it as twine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, I'll be talking about those. I've also got an interview coming up that was supposed to come out over the weekend, but Friday was crazier before I had to get out of town than I thought it would be. But we have all of that. Of course, we also have This Week on Broadway in the podcast feed over the weekend. If you want to hear all of those episodes before you can hear them anywhere else, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. All right. The biggest story that is not, I mean, it is Broadway aiming, but not Broadway specific. Grace, you and I had been texting about this quite a bit since it, you know, first came to light on Tuesday at the Golden Globes. You thought it could be something Gatsby related. I was hoping against hope, even though I know it wasn't actually possible that it was Britney Spears Once Upon a One More Time related. But it looks like, thanks to Variety, we now know what musical project Amanda Seyfried was working on instead of attending the Golden Globes where she won an award for Who Lose the Dropout. It is reported by Variety that Amanda Seyfried is in New York doing a workshop of a new musical adaptation of the iconic film Thelma and Louise. We had actually talked about this back in the summer of 2021. I went back and looked at it because I knew this was something we had talked about. It was an episode that James and I did in the summer. It was announced that the original screenwriter for the film, Kaylee Corey, she is writing the book along with stage and screenwriter Hallie Pfeiffer, and that the score is being written by indie singer-songwriter Nico Case. Back then, they had said that Trip Coleman was directing, which makes sense because he directs all oh. of Pfeiffer's plays. That is not in the Variety report. It doesn't say that he's not, but everybody else from that team, so Corey Pfeiffer and Case um, were all a part of this article saying that they were working on this. But in addition to Amanda, another pretty big Hollywood name with some musical movie background was also attached, and that is Evan Rachel Wood, late of the Across the Universe movie, as well as Westworld and many other things, and she just played Madonna in that Roku Weird Al movie. You know she's one of my favorites, right? I did not know that. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I want to continue. (laughs) Yeah. So this is something that is not new. 
in terms of being announced. So this is a project that we knew but had honestly forgotten was coming. But with the additions of Evan Rachel Wood and Amanda Seyfried, like that's a pretty heavy hitter cast, Grace. So it's like if this actually comes to Broadway with those two in it, this is going to be an insanely difficult ticket to get. I don't I don't have any insight, but I am curious if this is like just getting the blast out there and just like have like notoriety around the project. But I don't necessarily think that these people would be the people that would do it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. I but I also feel like these people aren't going to sit there and do like the no. laborious project of a workshop if they don't have no. some intention of being involved oh, with it of later on. Of course, like it has to be much bigger, right? So I think that it's worth noting that both of these women have been involved in um, musical film adaptations in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Evan is so fantastic. I'm such a fan of Evan Rachel Wood. If you're unfamiliar with her work, like literally IMDb and then watch everything she's ever done, including 13 and even like into like pretty persuasion, but also like her uh, documentary is really challenging to watch. So if you aren't prepared, just like has a trigger warning for essay, but all that being said is that um, they're fantastic talents. So it's it's so it's not one of those cases where they're like, oh, film people in a musical. These two people can like carry their own and it's very exciting. And they're both incredibly like just smart, strong women. Like it, it's exciting to see a level of this, but also like Neko case. Like I I'm shocked that the music I'm just yeah, I'm really intrigued. I know Evan Rachel Wood just performed with my friend uh, Mason Park in uh, mm-hmm. L.A. recently. Yeah. So um, it was I'm like, oh, is she getting back into this? Like, is this like, you know, her, you know, venture back? And of course, uh, yes, that is the case. So, um, yeah, so. I'm excited to see how this cookie crumbles. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Callie Corey. Not only did she write the original Thumb and Louise movie, she also wrote and directed the Divine Sisterhoods of uh, Di- Di- she also wrote and directed Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, a bunch of other movies. And then she created, wrote, and directed a show that I am unapologetically unapolog- a fan of, despite how much it went off the rails towards the end, Nashville, with Connie Britton and, um, oh, what was, what's the, the the younger woman's name who was in Remember the Titans? Hayden Panettiere. Hayden Panettiere. Um, so that, and she also um, directed the Lifetime movie Patsy and Loretta that had Megan Hilty and Jesse Mueller in it, and she wrote the Aretha Franklin biopic Respect that starred Jennifer Hudson. So, like, she's legit. So the fact that she is coming back to do this, but also teaming with, like, a renowned playwright in Hallie Pfeiffer, that's really exciting. So I'm I'm excited to see what happens with this moving forward, uh, because they certainly have all of the stars lined up, even if the ones on stage don't end up bringing it to Broadway if and when it does come. All right, real quick, we are recording, of course, on Sunday. Unfortunately, that means another dearth of shows that are closing, and we want to say goodbye to all of them. Of course, first, the Tony and Pulitzer Prize winning musical A Strange Loop closed at the Lyceum Theater. Also, Grace, Death of a Salesman, which you and I saw together at the Hudson with the incredible cast uh, that wrapped up its run. Uh, the Music Man with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster also closed at the Winter Garden. Ohio State Murders, which Ashley and I saw at the James Earl Jones Theater starring Audra McDonald and Bryce Pinkham. Bryce Pinkham will be back in the show here in a second. Uh, that closed up. The Old Man in the Pool at the Vivian Beaumont Theater right up your alley with the whole Mike Birbiglia storytelling thing. That closed up. And then Top Dog Underdog, which Ashley and I also saw together with Yaya Abdul-Mateen II and Corey Hawkins. That closed as well. Some great shows. Uh, and I think other than The Music Man, which I was supposed to see 
when I was in town last March, but got sick, as you remember, Grace, uh, saw all of them and they were all fantastic. So pour one out for those, I guess. All right, back to this next Bryce Pinkham story. He's not the lead in this story, so we'll get to him in a second. Unfortunately, Grace, we do have to dive back into our Nepo Babies discussion from last week. But it was announced that TV and film star Maude Apatow, the daughter of writer-director-producer Judd Apatow and actress Leslie Mann, will be joining the off-Broadway cast of Little Shop of Horrors as Audrey, beginning on February 7th and running through April 2nd. She, of course, will be starring opposite Tony winner Matt Doyle, who who is continuing in the role of Seymour, but the previous Dr. Oren Scrivello DDS Bryce Pinkham will be returning to the show on January 24th. And Dekayla Unique Whitley, who uh, is joining the show January 17th, will be taking over the role of Ronette. If you are unfamiliar with Maude Apatow, she started as a child actor in her parents' films like The 40-Year-Old Virgin. This is 40. Yeah, The 40-Year-Old the Virgin knocked up Funny People, This is 40, then went on to kind of break out a little bit on a TV show that her father produced in Girls and now is one of the co-stars of the highly acclaimed TV show Euphoria opposite Zendaya. So I have to admit, like I've seen a lot of like 40-year-old virgin knocked up. Um, this is 40, you know, like I've seen those movies, but she's not a star. She's kind of just a small part. I don't know that I've ever seen anything. I didn't watch Girls. I don't watch Euphoria. Um, she was in a movie called Other People that I really liked, but I don't really remember her at all. Do, are you are you a Euphoria person? I feel like you might be a Euphoria person. I am, but I've I've known her for a while. Like I've known her work for for a, as long as she's done it. Um, but yeah, I do watch her on Euphoria. It's ironic because if you are familiar with the show, you know that season two this they past season. Well, she yes, but also she was meant to do Oklahoma, and then she pivoted to do this like original piece. Um, so it's very funny. And if you've noticed on Twitter, people saying, but isn't she in Oklahoma? That's what they're referencing. Uh. Um, so if you didn't know that, that's um, kind of like an inside joke. But um, yeah, it's it's just it's fascinating. Um, I'm not going to like poo poo on any casting decisions, but it is interesting that the the direction of the show thus far has been skewed to a very specific like archetype in Audrey, which we've not usually seen off Broadway or on for New York stages. Not, I'm not counting, you know, the, the incredibly like transcendent <laughs> MJ, uh, Michaela Rodriguez uh, version that yeah, was done Pasadena. in Pasadena Playhouse. But um, this one has definitely been like an older Audrey, um, which I've really enjoyed. Yeah. So I think that the pivot is interesting and i'm i'm curious to see what seymour they match with this decision and how that direction plays out aka i would like to go <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. not that i'm gonna throw out uh, tammy blanchard or lena hall's ages um but maude apatow's 25 so there's a significant difference matt doyle is 35 so yeah I, we don't know if he's going to continue with it uh, the press release said that she will be joining him so at least for a while they just I think they just announced that he's through April. Which is how long she's going to be there. So right. she's she's through April 7th. So it sounds like they're going to be there together. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But I, I don't know much about her. I know she has sung in some of the movies that she's done and some of the TV stuff. So we'll see if she can throw on the, the Audrey iconic voice of some sort and go from there. 
Moving on to some other show and casting news. It was announced that Broadway's Wicked will be getting a new Glinda, someone who is well known to people who have visited Arendelle either in New York or on tour, because the next Glinda coming down from a bubble will be Frozen Princess herself, Mackenzie Kurtz, who played the role of Anna both on Broadway and for a limited time in the North American tour. She also played Penelope in Trading Places, the musical, the world premiere that you saw down at Atlanta Grace. She was also the star to be in NBC's Annie Live, and she was on She-Hulk, which I don't remember, so I'm going to have to go back and see who she was on that. Um, she will be beginning the perform- her performances on Valentine's Day, February 14th. She will be replacing the iconic barrier breaker Brittany Johnson in the role, who plays her final performance as Glinda on February 12th. Mackenzie will be joining the current cast that features Talia Suskauer as Elphaba, Tony Award winners Clavant Derricks as The Wizard, and Tony winner Michelle Pock as Madame Morrible, James D. Gish as Fierro, Tony nominee Clifton Davis as Dr. Dillamond, Michaela Renfro as Nessa Rose, and Michael Wartella as Bach. I had to get the Bach mention in there for you, Grace. You know it. I'm a Bach girl. You are a Bach girl. So um, this is exciting. It's interesting because I'm guessing because she starts in February and a lot oftentimes these are nine month contracts that would put her right in the middle of November, which means she would be the Glenda for the 20th anniversary, which kind of makes sense because they have not Mm -hmm. been going with bigger names and not that she's a huge name, but she's somebody who's led a Broadway show. So I guess that probably tells us that she will be the 20th anniversary Glenda, which is, is very exciting. I'm curious who the 20th anniversary Alphabet is. I know. Um, I figured they would announce these in tandem. So that, that was kind of wild to have like a single Glenda announcement. Um, But yeah, I mean, but it's also interesting to note that like, for especially for the 20th anniversary that they did not go with a Glinda that has previously covered mm-hmm. the role or done it on tour. That's normally the case um, yeah. in the past couple of years uh, where they brought someone over or let them, you know, have the have the star turn. So this was a this, this was a very it was a huge decision to say, like, we want this person to have their first Glenda moment um, on Broadway for this anniversary, which is a huge undertaking and very exciting for her. So I'm curious to see who they match her up with. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I really enjoyed her in Trading Places, um, especially. Good. Uh, really, really fantastic comedic timing, which tells me she's going to understand the uh, Glenda humor that we all know and love. Yeah, I imagine that Talia, who's playing Elphaba, and Brittany, who is currently playing Glenda, I they didn't come in together because Talia did come from the mm-hmm. road tour where she played Elphaba, right. and Brittany had obviously been a standby with the production for a while. So I'm assuming that the, just the contracts didn't line up. So we'll see what happens. But I think Talia started in the fall, so I'm guessing maybe we'll have a new Elphaba in the summer at some point. I don't know the exact date, but somewhere in that range, I would guess, but... Moving on over to a theater that you know very, very well, Grace. On Friday, the Bedlam Theater Company announced its winter 2023 season. That'll be happening at the Connolly Theater in Manhattan. They will have two uh, world premieres. The first one is from Zuzana Sadowski and Deborah Knox, their play Fall River Fishing. And then the second one will be Talene Monahan's The Good John Proctor. Fall River Fishing will run from February 17th through March 9th. And it is, quote, a riotous and kaleidoscopic tour through the story of Lizzie Borden, who, quote, took an axe and was acquitted of the hatchet murders of her father and stepmother in Fall River, Massachusetts in 1892. It is a darkly absurd comedy about what happened that day Lizzie did or didn't murder her parents and is a story about broken Hollywood dreams, unrequited love, self-loathing, generosity, vanity, and the mean things that stepmothers say. 
The second show, The Good John Proctor, will run from March 11th through April 1st and is a new look at the lead-up of the Salem Witch Trials, imagining the inner lives of the real girls at the center of the trials as they hurtle toward the events dramatized by Arthur Miller's The Crucible. Grace, you and I have talked about this before, and then when I interviewed Candy Buckley, who played mm-hmm. the witch in uh, Becky Nurse of Salem, like there are so many shows that are riffs on the Crucible. There's this, the good John Proctor. Then there's John Proctor is the villain. Is the villain? Yeah. That's what I was going to mention. I was yeah. just like, what a weird zeitgeist time for us. And also, like, I know another person that's actually I don't want to like give her stuff away, but is working on a very specific musical about the Salem witch trials. So if you follow a certain composer that's really on the up and up that I talk about a lot. Um, you know that she's definitely working on that as well because she's a direct descendant of one of the witches oh, that wow. was burned at the stake. Yeah, it's it's kind of insane. Um, but all that to be said, yeah, it's definitely in the world. And I'm I'm not, listen. Am I gonna? Who's writing Tituba story? Like where? You know, yeah. like you know. Is there not is the a Tituba? Is there not a Tituba play? There really should be. We gotta be. find out because there. We gotta is, check New Play Exchange. I'm sure there's yeah. something. Seriously, uh, there is. There's a book actually. There's a book Tituba, the Reluctant Witch of Salem. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's also Roberto Aguirre Sacasa's Abigail seventeen o two, which is really really good. I have it. I've read it. It's it's very good. Um, a friend of mine starred in it in Atlanta. So uh, there's a lot of these things out there. So. Bring on the Crucible, more iconic takedowns of a show that is in the zeitgeist, the better. And I think that this is uh, this is very cool. I'm excited to see that. As I, as everybody knows, I am a big Bedlam fan. So uh, more of this, please. All right. I have a recommendation. And this one is is interesting. It's actually an Instagram post. When I saw I think I saw it with Robbie. When Robbie and I saw 1776 on Broadway, I did not realize that the woman who was playing Thomas Jefferson, Elizabeth A. Davis, was going to be pregnant. I that I, Maybe that news had been out there that completely went over my head. I thought it was a very interesting coincidence because she obviously had played the part in Cambridge before she was pregnant and then was pregnant at the time of the show, given what a big part of Thomas Jefferson's journey is during 1776. It tracks in a certain way. But anyway, she gave birth the day after the show closed, which is just perfect. And her Instagram's quote about it is, Eleanor Joy Richard arrived January 19th at 8.15 p.m., just in time for scene three, her favorite scene to dance around, meaning when the show was running. Per her exquisite comedic timing, she waited till a day after closing as her role of metaphor of a nation couldn't be compromised. Just kind of perfect. Uh, Really a, a perfect way to sum up that chapter of this revival on Broadway way and and very very cool so congratulations to um, elizabeth and her family and everybody from 1776 who i'm sure was a very big part of getting uh elizabeth and family to this uh to this point in their lives all right that's all that we have for today thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway video and you can find me on twitter and instagram at bww matt grace where can people find you you can find me on all forms of social media at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody, have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Bye.